0: All right, here's some greetings from Berlin.
1: Hello to everybody at Generations Church. This is Jeff and Barb Cereo with European Initiative from Berlin, Germany. And we celebrate your 25 years of ministry in Granbury, Texas, and around the world. You are a huge part of European Initiative, and we just want to say thank you for your love and support.
0: And to Pastor Alan and Yvette, we also say thank you for more than 25 years of friendship. We love you, Generations Church. Congratulations.
1: Isn't that awesome? That's Jeff and Barb Serio. there are missionaries uh, through European Initiative in Berlin. I want to read a passage just briefly um, out of Acts chapter 18. Paul Um goes to a city called Corinth. Corinth, if you don't know it, is a crossroads city during that period of time in the world. And Paul goes there, and he preaches to the Jews, and and then uh, they kind of cast him out of the synagogue. So he says, well, I'll go preach to the Gentiles then. And um, the Lord Jesus appears to Paul in the night by a vision and says, do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Now, um, Jeff and Barb are in Berlin, Germany, definitely a crossroads city, a key city in this day and age, for sure, particularly as we see um, North Africans and, and, and Asians move into Europe. Berlin is a crossroads city, just as if... Corinth was back in the day that Paul visited there. So we're believing that Berlin is going to be saved, that Jesus declares in Berlin that he has many people in that city. Amen? Amen. So um, last week on Thursday, we have one of our very own, a young man named Andy Duncan, who passed through Granbury. He and his wife, Jessie and their little daughter, Olivia, are on their way to Berlin to join Jeff and Barb. They've made a five-year commitment to be missionaries in Berlin. Praise God. Right out of Granbury, Texas, right out of this little church, into Berlin and across the world. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want to take this opportunity that we as a community will bow our heads together as we lift up uh, Andy and Jess and little Olivia as they take that, big step of faith into that crossroad city that we call Berlin. Could you just bow your heads? We'll pray over them right now. Well, Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be a part of something that's so much bigger than we are as individuals and even as this little community, this little body that we call Generations Church. But, Lord, that we're a part of your work here on the earth, Lord God. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're just thankful for Andy and Jess and Olivia As they prepare to go to Berlin next week, Father God. They've made a five-year commitment. We ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that in every way that you would protect them, watch over them as they travel, watch over them as they do the ministry that you have called them into in Berlin. Father, we lift up Jeff and Barb as well, Lord. We lift up all of the work that you are doing in Berlin. And we look forward, Father God, to the to the good reports, the testimonies that will come out of your move in Berlin, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, I particularly ask that you would bless Andy and Jess with your peace, your endurance, your perseverance, your wisdom, your strength, Father. Most of all, your protection and your uh, uh, provision as they're in Germany, Father. We thank you, Father, for them, Lord God. We ask that you bless them mightily, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people here at Generations Church said, Amen.
0: 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read it to you twice, verses 4 through the first part of verse 8 in two translations. The first one being the new King James, the second one being the new living. Love suffers long and is kind. So sometimes you suffer for those that you love. You go the distance for them and you're kind to them at the same time. Kind to those that may be causing you to suffer. Love does not envy. Why doesn't love envy? Because it wants the best for everyone. If I'm envious of someone, I'm not loving them enough. I'm loving myself more than I love them. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. The context for this is First Corinthians twelve, he's talking about spiritual gifts. And 1 Corinthians 14, the next chapter, he's talking about the abuse of those gifts. And some people were puffed up. They're all about edifying themselves with their spiritual gifts and abusing the gift of tongues and showing how spiritual they were. That is not an exercise of love. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked or easily angered. Thinks no evil gives the benefit of the doubt, not suspicious of of everybody. If you love people, you want the best for them. You expect the best for them. Anticipate the fact that they're going to fall. They're sinners, but you love them. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Sometimes you hear about evil in someone else's life, and it may not even be true. But because you really don't love them, you could, you could get into being happy that somebody's got error in their life. I'm reminded of years ago when Bill Clinton was in office, a certain TV preacher was selling VHS tapes. You remember VHS tapes? You could get, for 20 bucks. you could get a VHS tape from this ministry exposing the sins of Bill Clinton. Now, what good did that do? He already won the election. He was already in office. What good did that do? Didn't do anyone any damage. Just made people more angry and certainly was not an expression of love and a very poor witness. Sorry. Uh, Better leave that one alone lest I do the same. Rejoices in the truth, bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Why? Because love is for you. Love never fails. That is love. Do I love like this? Not yet, but I am. Asking the Lord to enable me. All right, the new living. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It doesn't build a case on why it should be offended. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And then, verse 8, they put the opening statement at the end Love will last forever. Lord, I ask that you'd speak to us today from your word. Challenge us, Lord, to look at the love that we have in our hearts and make our love true love. In Jesus' name, amen. Who has heard this song? Love is in the air. Probably outside of christianity the thing that sung about the most in every culture is love in the 20th century a lot of hit songs were definitions of love in 1905 someone was singing love is like a dizziness in 1912 love is a sickness full of woes 1919 love is a babe 1926, love is an I-O-U. 1927, love is like the flu. Contagious. 1936, love is good for anything that ails you. 1942, love is a song. Anybody see Bambi? 1943, love is a dimpling doodlebug. 1944, love is a traitor. So true. Love suffers long because sometimes the people you love stab you in the back or stab you in the face. 1947, love is doggone mean. Also that same year, love is your prescription. 1950, anybody a child of the 50s? Love is atomic. In 52, love is a glass of champagne. 53, love is on the 10-yard line. 1955, I remember Andy uh, Williams singing this. I don't know if he did the version in 55, but love is a many-splendored thing. Love is a bore in 1964. 1966, love is hell in a small hotel. <laughs> in 67, love is here and now you're gone. That sounds like a country song. Love is blue in 68. In that same year, love is psychedelic. Love is groovy in the next year. In 1970, love is not one color, child. In 73, love is a heavy number. 75, love is a four-letter word. 76, love is a funky thing. 78, love is thicker than water. 79, love is suicide. In 88, love is a loaded gun. That same year, love is for suckers. In 91, love is blindness. In 94, yes, somebody finally did it. Wrote a song entitled, Love Is. In 2006, getting closer to our time, someone recorded, Love is a losing game. In 2013, Love is an open door. 14, Love is free. And last year, Love is your name. A rocker. Sang that, trying to be a country singer. Today we're going to talk about what love is not. Can we say it together, read that? True love is not, dot, 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 dot. Jennifer Lopez wrote a book entitled True Love. I have not read it, but I read a review. And this will break your heart. In her struggles with love. Married three times. The first two lasted less than a year. And the third marriage left, lasted more than seven. Each marriage had one thing in common, she writes. I mistook every time to be my happily ever after. It's easy to project your hopes and dreams into a relationship when it's new and exciting. I was lucky or unlucky enough to be with men who were Strong about their feelings, like releasing hundreds of doves by my window, buying me a Bentley or two, giving me rare diamonds, throwing giant parties, sending private jets to take me off somewhere. And I loved it. It was intoxicating when it was happening. When a man does something like that, it's easy to think, wow, he really loves me. But such passion is a pendulum that swings both ways. How can you turn your back on a love so big, so real? The problem is, it wasn't real love. It was only passion. And I just didn't know the difference yet. One of those marriages left her with two beautiful kids. She knows what real love is with those children. May God give us that kind of love that we have for our children, for our spouse, that our marriages will become unshakable, strong, because they're built on the foundation of true love. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can we say true? True. Like you mean it, true. true. True love is not impatient. It's not unwilling to suffer. It doesn't run the first time something bad happens. In the wedding vows, and I know some popular preachers have taken taken the wedding vows and edited them as though people who for centuries, when marriage was stable in, in the world, as though they didn't know what they were doing. They took the bad confessions out of the wedding vows. I marry you for better, in health, in prosperity, leaving out, or worse, or sickness, or poverty. Those vows are all in there because true love is in operation no matter what. No matter what. I'm with you. God knows that loves me. There have been times when she was reminded not of the better, but of the or worse. I give myself to you for better or worse. She knows my worse, but she stayed with me. Why? Because love suffers long. True love is not unkind, It's not cruel. Looking at the fact that it's coupled with true love suffers long and is kind. Look at the word and. It's in italics. It's added. Literally, it means love suffers long is kind. So while I have not been worthy of kindness because of the suffering we're going through through some bonehead decision I made as a young husband, my wife was kind. If anything we've endeavored to do in our marriage, and I'm not setting ourselves up, please do not put us on a pedestal. We will let you down, but we've determined to be kind. And when I'm not kind, I, I don't rest till I humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Give her a chance to return kindness that I'm not worthy of. These things are not a license to be unkind to someone because they're making you suffer, and it's not a license to make someone suffer because they're being kind to you. You don't take it for granted. I'm in awe of the love I've received from people when I know I'm not worthy of it. And it inspires me to love more. True love is not envious. It's not jealous. Maybe someone you love is not worthy of being blessed, and yet you see God's blessing in their life, and it bothers you. Or someone you think you love uh, getting blessed incredibly, and here comes this green monster rising up in your heart. Where did you come from? Because you don't love that person enough. You love them, and they're blessed. You'll rejoice. Man, I'm glad you're doing good. True love is not boastful. You want others to do good. You want to brag on them, not on yourself. It's about others. My mama used to say, Boy, the key to joy is Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. If we love our neighbors like we love ourselves, we will brag on them. Amen. Number five, true love is not prideful. You may go through something very humiliating. Let it shave the pride out of your life. Humiliation comes before exaltation, it always does. It's like a law of nature. So go ahead and embrace the cross and allow the humiliation to happen. You're going to come through on the other side as pure as gold. When I love someone, I'm humble. If you're too prideful to change your child's dirty diapers, I question whether or not you really love that child. I know I'm stomping on toes. It's tough. True love is Jesus on the cross. True love is not rude. It's never improper. It always seeks to follow protocol as best it can. True love is not selfish. It's not demanding. I'm the man. You will do what I want. No. I'm the man. How can I lead the way by serving you? True love is not irritable or easily angered. Now I know some of us aren't at our best in the morning or we're not at our best when we're hungry or we're not at our best when we're tired. But that's not an excuse. That's just an indicator of our love. You know, read First Corinthians, and everywhere the word love is mentioned or it's pointed to, put your name in there and read it. Alan is this, Alan is that, Alan is this, Alan is that, and to the degree it begins to sound false, there's there you are. There's where your love level is. More people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the arguments in the world. Well-known scholar William Barclay said that. But he continues, And more people have been driven from the church by the ugliness of so-called Christianity than all the doubts in the world. What the world needs now is love. That's the only thing, that there's much too little love. What the church needs now is true love. True love is not resentful. It thinks no evil. It keeps no records of being wronged. So back to the better or worse thing. When a worse thing becomes obvious, do you dig up the last worst thing and add them together? And the previous thing and, and add them together? Well, if they really love me, they wouldn't do it again. Well, we're not walking in perfect love yet. But how are we? We, we, we? we can't be demanding of the other person. We've got to apply to ourselves. Are we scorekeepers in our relationship? Are we God's personal accountants? In the bank of someone's sins or someone's wrongdoings? Sometimes you've got to train each other. That has me trained. And those lessons have been very painful for her. We all have our unique love languages, our own unique culture, and being married to you is a unique experience, and that person you're married to is not prepared to be married to anybody else but you if you've lasted a few years. Well, they should just know. No, they don't know. They have to be taught. Have to be told what to say. Well, if I tell him what to say, it's not real. No, it can be real. He just doesn't know how to say it. And truthful, if you're aggravated and annoyed, they could say it perfectly. And you would say, you're being smug. That was too perfect. I mean, come on. Drop the resentment. This is as wrong as anything in a relationship, if not one of the worst things. True love is not gloating. It does not rejoice in iniquity, does not rejoice about injustice. Someone's highly offended you and you see them suffering. It's like good enough for you. Well, you're not really loving that person, are you? You know what the word gloat means? One of the dictionaries I saw said to gloat is malignant pleasure. Ooh, God, get that away from me. <laughs> True love is not dishonest, it rejoices in the truth. Whenever the truth wins out, someone has hurt me or someone has hurt you, and then you hear something. Bad about them? Oh, you just like, uh, I'm not going to rejoice. But down in your heart, you're thinking, I knew it. What you should be thinking is, I hope it's not true. Because lies can go around the world while truth is putting her or his shoes on. It's true. And the general public is ignorant. They'll believe whatever they want to believe. And someone tarnishes your name. It's tarnished. You're ruined to ever win the public trust again, just the way it is. It could be a total lie. That's why we have to be careful. So we're not in compromising positions for someone to be able to lie on us. And may God help us to walk in such a love that we are never a part of spreading something to others that could be repeated that is not accurate. True love is not unwilling. True love bears all things. It never gives up. It's not a weakling. It's not powerless. It is willing to endure everything. It's persevering. True love is not distrusting. It's not unbelieving. It believes all things. It never loses faith. It takes into account, true love takes into account that that People are going to screw up, not to encourage, give someone a license to screw up, but it takes into account that failures do happen in life. Things that are disappointment do happen. I've got to love through that storm. Now, I know some people are so toxic, you got to love them from a distance. I call it making room for Jesus. Because if you get in this combat with somebody, that's, that's never going to go anywhere. If everything you say gets used against you, you've got to back off. Just be quiet. Make room for Jesus. Some of you are walking through things like that, and only the Lord can fix it. You have a right to remain silent. They tell you that when you're arrested. You have a you're right to exercise that right. Rejoice in the truth when the truth wins out. True love is not hopeless. It hopes all things. It's always hopeful. It's not inconsistent. Well, I love you, I don't love you. I love you, I don't love you. No, I have hope that this kid or this spouse or this person or this neighbor or this church member or this former friend is going to have a turnaround in their life. And they're going to be champions. I get tested in this a lot. 25 years, I can tell some stories and nobody here would even know what I'm talking about. But church members sometimes put their pastors on a pedestal and then when he doesn't live up to their unspoken expectations, they get mad and spread bad news about him. Years ago, the Lord told me he was going to judge the grapevine in the church. I didn't know there was one. He was going to allow information that was so diabolical to hit the grapevine that anybody who was part of the grapevine wouldn't be able to stay in the church. They would have to leave. And it happened. Several families I love left. I don't, to this day, I don't know what, it, what happened. But if I hear about one of them doing good, I rejoice. If I hear they're prospering in another church and they're doing good, I rejoice. May the Lord help them to learn their lesson and not be part of that. If someone's done you wrong, tried to destroy your company or tried to destroy your reputation, you survived. You're still here, right? And you hear them doing good. Hallelujah. They must have learned something. Because you don't sin and get by with it. Eventually, you've got to stop somewhere. Otherwise, everything becomes destroyed in your life. And so it is. When you love somebody, you want the best for them. And, and when it happens and you're not a part of it, hallelujah. Sometimes you have to tell people the truth. And it's so impactful that they catch you off. But yet the truth sticks. And their life is changed, but you're not allowed to taste the fruit of it. It's okay. It's all about Him. Amen? Amen. Be loving. Be truthful. Regardless of what happens, keep your hope in God, not in people. Your hope is in the Lord, and He brings people through. He changes lives. He's a great Redeemer. They've been predestined to be conformed to His image. He's not done with them. It's not all about people in their relationship with me. It's all about their relationship with Him. Amen? Amen? True love is not unreliable. It's not unfaithful. It endures all things through every circumstance. True love is not short-lived. It never fails. It never dies. It will last forever. True love turns the other cheek. It goes the second mile. It gives more than is asked. It ascribes worth to the unworthy. It's the fulfillment of the commands of Christ. In the movie Les Miserables, Jean Valjean steals from the bishop who is so kind to him. And the bishop, when he's caught by the police, shows him incredible love. This is kind of dark. If you could turn the lights down for this video clip, that would be good.
1: Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him! You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand, the bishop? Madam, you know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty.
0: There's a well-known pastor that I really liked. In fact, I think I loved him. Members of our church were members of his church, and they gave me two years' worth of his tapes. And when he was exposed to being a scandal, I couldn't listen any more of But I hear he's doing well now. I'm talking about Ted Haggard. And so, this next illustration came from the book, not after the scandal, but before the scandal, when he was a young man, before he was converted, they were terrorizing the Hutterites in their community. Being from Indiana, there was a community of Hutterites. There are people who are a lot like the Amish. Um, I think the Learning Channel has a show about the Hutterites, and they're a fun, a fun version of people. They drive real tractors that are theirs, and have four-wheelers and stuff, but yet they still hold to a lot of the old ways. And he said one night they got caught stomping on Hutterite uh, pumpkins. They went into a field and were just stomping on dozens of pumpkins. They got caught. Brought before the Hutterite authorities. And in showing mercy, didn't even yell at them. They said we hope you had fun stomping on pumpkins but we've got another field not too far from here with even a whole lot more. If that's what brings you joy. They stopped. The people doing us wrong All you have in your heart is justice, and there's no love. Guess what? A conflict could develop that would never end. If those boys wound up in jail for vandalism, what kind of boys would they be when they got out? Maybe their friends would take up their offense, and Hutterites would never have any pumpkins that were safe. See the wisdom of walking in love? All of our virtues without love aren't really virtues. Listen to this. Love is the soul of the Christian existence. It must be at the heart of every virtue. For example, justice without love is legalism. Faith without love is ideology. Hope without love is self-centeredness. Forgiveness without love is just self-abasement. Fortitude without love is recklessness. Generosity without love is extravagance. Care without love is mere duty. Fidelity without love is servitude. No virtue is a virtue unless it is informed by love. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, for those who have been hurt by those they've loved. Lord, the depth of the hurt is determined by the depth of their love. Lord, I know they really hurt. But Lord, I pray that they would see this as a demonstration to exercise your kind of love, to hide themselves in the cross and trust you, Lord, to vindicate when falsely accused. Trust you, Lord, to exalt... When we've been humbled. Trust you, Lord, to love through us when we aren't made that way. It's against our nature. But, Lord, we know that you are God. And we trust you to enable us to do your will. Make us godly people for your glory. And glory alone. In Jesus' name. Amen someone asks you what was the sermon about today, just tell them true love suffers long and is kind.